Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. If you want to listen live in the central Indiana area, you can hear us on 93.5 FM and 107.5 FM. More Automotive Group Pylon. I'm assuming staked out in Lincoln or somewhere near Lincoln, Nebraska in preparation for that game in the Big Ten coming up tomorrow night in Lincoln, IU and Nebraska. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. He does join us. Your locale, Lincoln, Nebraska, presently? Yes, we are in Lincoln as we speak at the Graduate Hotel downtown. Well, heck, what's the plans tonight, Don? What are we doing? Well, we're going to go to dinner someplace around 6.30. A bunch of us, uh, the crew, uh, obviously John Herrick and Rhett Lewis are yeah. going with me and Jeff Keg, our sports information director, and his buddy Greg Campbell, who does most of the work. Uh, he Jeff just designates who's going to do it. At any rate, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a bunch of us going out there. Yes, Jake Robinson. Yeah, the, the, the kegger, the kegger lives on Easy Street, doesn't he, Don? In full disclosure, he, he pretty, yeah, he pretty much uh, just kind of dictates what people should do these days. <laughs> I, I don't think he's, you know, of course he handles the head coach and you know the little things that the head coach wants, but most everything else is done by the peons, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the kegger, everybody, right there. The job well done. Uh, Don Fisher joins us. He, he takeaways from last week, and I know that um, I was listening. I, it, it felt as if yeah, defensively it was brutal in that first half, and certainly that was the visual there. But your overall takeaways from last week in Cincinnati, Don? The, the most disappointing thing to me, John, was just the inability to stop the big play in the first half and then totally shut him down in the second half. I mean – yeah, I, the adjustments that were made obviously were significant, but they must have, they should have been made a lot earlier. I guess is what I would say. I, I, it's just so hard to believe that that defense got burned like that. This is a good defensive football team. I'm not saying they're great, not yet, but but they are a good defensive football team, and they got just uh, shellacked in the first half with big plays uh, that Cincinnati was able to run out to a 28 point lead at halftime and. You're, it's it's almost impossible to overcome that for a college football team these days, unless you're one of the most dynamic offenses in the country, and we certainly haven't seen that out of Indiana at this point. So it, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a question mark right now. Um, the big problem I see tomorrow is that this is a Nebraska team that's had two weeks to prepare. This is the yeah. third team we played this year, John, that's had two weeks to prepare for Indiana because they they follow a bye week. It's amazing in that regard alone. Nebraska, of course, is a team now under a new interim coach uh, by the name of Mickey Joseph, and uh, I think this guy is probably a good coach. They've had two weeks to prepare for this, and had, he's been in the position for three weeks now. So maybe they'll come up with something different. Uh, their struggles have been mighty in the sense of winning close ball games. That's that's when they fail, it seems like. And so hope, I'm sure Indiana's hoping to make this a close game tomorrow and uh, kind of keep them in the same realm of uh, uh, of endeavor that they've had over the last several years now because Nebraska has really struggled to win close games. So Don Fisher, he joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. One of the things that stood out to me was not, you know, not just the, the secondary uh, in particular. They not only got beat, Don, but they were getting beat by, by multiple yards. I mean, there was not a lot of close proximity in those pass plays. It was frightening. No. It was in that first half. I mean, and think about it. This is against what is probably the strongest defensive defensive backfield they've had 
in a long yeah. time. I mean, Devon Matthews has been struggling with some injury problems, so I get that to some degree at safety. But those corners, Taiwan Mullen, who I have just the world of respect for, because I think that kid's really good, and I think he's always been a little undersized and fought through all of that, been a, a major factor for this football team. And likewise, Jalen Williams, those two guys at corners are as good as just about anybody in the Big Ten, and yet they got just – and it had to be scheme. It had to be. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Because in the second half, it didn't happen for Cincinnati. And a big part of that was why what Indiana did. But I don't know what what the what they were trying to do in the first half. Whatever it was, it just didn't work. And obviously, they had to change, but it was way too late to get the win. And obviously, the offense just didn't do a very good job at all in this ball game, running the football and, of course, protecting the quarterback, which was ridiculous. Yeah. I, I will say this, though, and Don Fisher joins us. You know, we kind of always look for somebody to, to, to step up and, and kind of be the guy or, in this case, have a, a relationship, a relatable with the quarterback. And Bazelak and Camper, that's become something. Has it not right now, offensively? Oh, there, there's no question. That's the most dynamic part of the offense at this point because Cam Camper, a junior college transfer who, uh, you know, developed late. That's why he wasn't recruited heavily by a lot of different programs. Um, in fact, nobody was really looking at him from a Division One or Power Five uh, perspective. Uh, he goes to a junior college, and he comes to Indiana in his first season, becomes the leading receiver on this football team, and it's not even, by, not even close. I mean, uh, obviously they've got other guys that can catch the football, but D.J. Matthews went out with an injury last week, and he didn't practice or – or didn't play, I should say. And then uh, Addison Kobe, who we also thought going into the season was going to be spectacular, has just been okay thus far. So uh, without question, Camp Camper has been the star in this offense along with Bazelak. And Bazelak had a bad week last week, but let me just tell you, he was running for his life the entire ball game. He, he literally uh, was under 50% in his percentage completions, but half the time he was throwing the football away because he had no time to get rid of it. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's that's the case, right? I mean, offensively, that's that's um, that's what has been an issue in the past. It remains an issue right now. And I, I explained this, I guess, in terms down of the Colts uh, with this particular group. If if you don't fix that, then then you're screwed. And same can be said on, on really all levels, and especially at IU. If you can't ever fix that or get even anything even close to, you know, any sort of protection, then you're host. You just really are. Yep. I mean, the whole thing boils down to the offensive line, and we've said this from the very beginning of the season. That was going to be the question mark going into the year, and it continues to be the biggest problem on this football team. You've got to protect your quarterback, give him time to throw it, and you've got to open some holes for the run game. And that just isn't happening with any consistency whatsoever. And last week, certainly in the passing game, the, the blocking for the passing attack was just awful. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'll give a great example, again, from a Colts standpoint. They say, well, it's communication and we can fix that. And I, I just don't know what, you know what's fixable, what's doable. Are you in that category right now? One thing I'll tell you, John, and, I, and this yeah. this is a, a little defense to the offensive line, as little as I could make, because there's yeah. not much there to really put your hat on. But they have been hurt. I mean, Bad, Bedford out for the year with the ACL after the first ball game, that has hurt them uh, at right tackle. And it certainly has hurt them that Zach Harpenter hasn't been able to play at the center position. 
uh, in the last three ball games or two ball games, I should say. And obviously, uh, we hope he gets back tomorrow, uh, whether that's his snap of the ball or in another spot. We might see a change in that regard. Who knows? But if he is back tomorrow, uh, you're back to your starting center, which would be very, very important to this football team because your starting center and your backup have both been hurt for the last couple of weeks. So right now we're just hoping that Carpenter can get back. And if he can, I think that will help this offensive line to what degree we'll have to wait and see. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. IU Nebraska coming up tomorrow evening from Lincoln. I, I want to get to Nebraska because you brought it up. An interim coach. Uh, this has been a, a struggling, incredibly disappointing season where they had to cut loose Scott Frost uh, a little bit earlier this year, obviously. Now, the one thing that they'd have going for them is, and you know this too, that IU right now is in the crosshairs and the focus of a team that not only just needs a win, but with an interim head coach in a group that has been talked negatively about the entirety of the season so far, they're going to look for somebody to make an, uh, make an attempt to take advantage of here, if you know what I mean. Make an example of, have a big game out of it. And like you mentioned, you come off an off week, they get an off week in preparation for IU, and there you go. You're kind of in the crosshairs with what should be a very motivated squad tomorrow night. Well, and on top of that, and uh, and certainly without question, this is one of the finest places to come and watch a football game in the country. It's it's a phenomenal atmosphere. Uh, they sell out. They have 385 consecutive sellouts going into tomorrow's game. They had a few tickets left earlier in the week, and I asked their SID, I said, any chance that this might be the first non-sellout you've had? And he says, none. He says, it'll be sold out, trust me. So, literally, uh, it's going to be the 386th great sellout. The atmosphere here when we came in 2019 was one of the finest I've ever seen in the college football atmosphere. It was just terrific, and I don't anticipate it will be any different tomorrow. And on top of that, this is an offense that Nebraska has that can put points in the scoreboard. They are averaging just, just very close to 500 yards a ball game and just uh, split it right down the middle almost in rushing and passing. They've got a, a running back named Anthony Grant, who is an NFL prospect, no question about that. Their quarterback, Casey Thompson's a veteran, and he's done a great job this year. He's got a wide receiver that's another prospect for the NFL uh, that will be very good as, uh, to, to keep their passing attack. So, They've got the tools offensively. Their defense has been their biggest problem. They were giving up over 500 yards on average a ball game going into this contest. Now, part of that was due to the fact that they played Oklahoma the first week under the interim coach. And, of course, everybody was wondering if this team was going to completely fall apart. And in that game, they certainly were no factor. Uh, and they also had another ball game uh, against North Dakota in which they were able to move the football against them. They just couldn't score enough. But this is, this is a defense that could be had because they have not played up to their capabilities or at least what we anticipate would be their capability going into this season. And that may get changed because they've also exchanged their offensive or their defensive coordinator. They've traded him out uh, and elevated one of the guys that was under him to be the new defensive coordinator on this ball club. So we, we could see a lot of different stuff tomorrow, too, because of that on defense for Nebraska, which yeah. could confuse Indiana to some degree. So there are all yeah. kinds of negative factors going into this game from Indiana's perspective. And, and probably the most important factor now is can Indiana get moving the football offensively and protect their quarterback enough to give him a chance to do his job? 
Yeah, and that's, that's troublesome right there. Don Fisher joins us. And, you know, it, it really, you get a fan base you talk about that sells that place out that is, is willing probably at this point, Don, to get juiced up at, at just about anything. You know what I mean? Positive right. for this team? That's exactly right. I mean, they're hungry to turn this thing around. And Indiana coming in here uh, with a 3-1 and one record, even though it's, it's a questionable 3-1 and one record because of the comebacks that they've had to have to get that three wins, they got to be looking at this and, and ready to come out with fire in their eyes and everything else because this looks like a real opportunity for them to maybe jumpstart the rest of the season as they restart Big Ten play as well. So it's going to be a very important contest for both of these teams. In my opinion, Indiana's got a great chance to do something special here and win for the second time in Nebraska in their last two appearances in this, in this city, in Lincoln. And, uh, you know, I, I think they've got an opportunity here, too, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how they respond after their first loss of the season. And granted, it came on the road at a tough team like Cincinnati, but nevertheless, they didn't play well enough in the first half to even give themselves a chance, even though they were able to shut Cincinnati down a bit in the second half. But I've always said, if you're up by 28 at halftime, it's pretty hard to come out motivated uh, to play your best football the rest yeah. of the game if you're the team that's got 28. Yeah, no doubt about that. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers with us. 7.30 tomorrow night is the kick. 6.30. Your coverage begins at the pregame show downstairs on 93 WIBC. Hey, Don, I, I realize that this is completely out of your realm, and I know you don't pay attention to crap, especially crap on the Internet. I was curious if you were privy. <laughs> Sorry, that's a great way to phrase it, to ask a question. Um, feel free, by the way, to use that one of these days if you're, uh, if you're phrasing the question that way. <laughs> I know you don't sure. listen to this crap, but here it goes. Anyway, uh, there's a former defensive line coach a couple of days ago, and I saw this. It was on a podcast. I don't even know where it is, but I saw it that referenced Tom Allen a couple of different times with his on-the-field actions as a clown. And while I think we both understand that Tom Allen doesn't give – two craps about that whatsoever i'm curious if the team that are obviously social media savvy and obviously care about their coach a great deal might seek and get a little bit of inspiration with those remarks that were made a couple of days ago by a guy that probably would be better served just shutting up with his history that we have seen on online too but they get any inspiration draw any motivation you think out of that at all you know, I, I, you're right. I don't pay any attention to it. I'm not on social media, and mm -hmm. I rarely look at the Internet. So I don't even know who made those comments, and I don't really care. Um, I, I don't know about what the university or how they perceive that, and I haven't heard any scuttlebutt about it. Therefore, yeah. I'm not sure that it's uh, on their radar, to be quite honest about it. But it may be. Uh, Tom Allen is no clown. Trust me. Uh, he's a yeah. fine man, number one. Number two, he's one of the most enthusiastic coaches I've ever been around. I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm not sure that clown is the right terminology. I mean, they use that word for Lee Corso a lot back when he was the coach at Indiana in those 10 seasons and he was there. But uh, I, I don't see the same kind of personality either. So uh, I'd, I'd uh, pretty much uh, – I'd, I'd probably regard that comment as uh, silly.
Yeah, it was incredibly silly. It was really stupid, uh, especially with this particular dude's background that everybody, you know, in, in the era of social media uh, was privy to and went out and found it immediately and started posting it everywhere. I guess the reason why I bring it up is while, while you and I kind of look at it and, you know, shrug our shoulders, you certainly more than me, and I'm sure Tom Allen doesn't care. But, you know, you got a group of, you know, teens, early 20s, completely social media savvy dudes that if you're looking for any more ways to get fired up, even, you know, outlasting that Cincinnati game last week, I would think that maybe that would provide a little bit of a spark for somebody you care a great deal and very deeply about when somebody makes those particular comments. So, yeah, no doubt. That's why I asked. Yeah, well, I understand. And, and like I say, I haven't heard any scuttlebutt about that. I'll probably ask when I go downstairs to do my pregame show with the guys. <laughs> Hey, did you hear somebody call you a clown? <laughs> well, I mean, it was um, it was a former defensive line coach, and he uh, it was it was just something I saw via podcast a little bit earlier this week that a lot of huh. a lot of you football fans were talking about. Yeah, so I asked Kegger, put Kegger on it. A former defensive line coach at Indiana? No, at Nebraska. Sorry, Nebraska. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. well, at that Nebraska. Got up on the bulletin board someplace. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I, maybe I didn't explain it. I, I probably should have, knowing that you probably hadn't seen it if it was on social media. And I didn't. I should have explained it better, Don, to be honest no. with you. But I was a former defensive line coach at Nebraska that made those comments. Uh, I just, I'm just kind of curious with, um, with a younger group, you know, looking for really anything, a little more inspiration. Because it's always funny, Don, when I have, I have athletes on this show often, and, man, it's funny. They're already ultra-competitive, but it seems like 95% of these guys I talk to are looking for even more of an edge. You know what I mean? And if that, it, It's like a chip on the shoulder, just anything whatsoever to try to take that level of competition to a different level. I just kind of wondered if that could be something that this team could draw off of. Well, I'm going to definitely check it out, my man. <laughs> ask about it. <laughs> I, I gave, I gave you a little something to ask, but yeah, it's uh, it was interesting to say the least. It was when I saw that earlier this week. All right, uh, before we go here, uh, Nebraska defensively, you explained uh, against IU's offense. What, what's Connor Bays like? What has he been to you so far through this season? Where we are right now at quarterback? Well, for, if there's anything you could say about the guy, he's tough as nails. I mean, he has been hit. He was hit 13 times in that game against Cincinnati and sacked five. Um, he was running for his life in the first game against Illinois. Um, he has told me, uh, showed me that he has all the guts in the world out there to play that position. He's still calm under pressure. He does the right things. He doesn't make many mistakes in that regard. He did have an interception last week. was probably his worst throw of the year in the sense of being picked off. But but he, I think he's really solid. I think he is a really sound quarterback. I think he knows the game, uh, and he demands the respect of his teammates. And so I don't think you could ask much more from a quarterback than what he's provided this team right now under the circumstances. Well, and again, I equate everything, I guess, to the NFL level. But again, you could watch with the home team here when your quarterback runs for his life most of the time. That greatly affects decision-making on all levels. Absolutely. There's no question about that. And I, the, I've only seen – I've only, only really seen one game that Matt Ryan has played in for, so far for the Colts, and I think it was uh, the Jacksonville game, maybe a little bit of that one. And I couldn't believe 
um, you know, that they couldn't protect him better than that and give him more time than that. But, and that offensive line is supposed to be really good. And I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm simply saying in that ball game, they weren't. Um, it's that simple. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, what do we, uh, I want to get a little basketball question in before I let you go here, Don. You got any early sure. expectations as practice is getting underway with this Hoosier basketball team this year? I, I, you know, I know everybody's talking about Big Ten championship and, you know, a team that's got the capability to go on the Final Four. And I want to just put on the brakes there for a minute and just tell everybody, look, I think this team's going to be good, too. Uh, there's no question in my mind they've got a talented group of kids. They've got a veteran group of guys. And they've got some young talent that looks very inspiring. But at the same time, just remember this. The basketball season hasn't started yet, and they haven't played anybody yet. And until they do, we're not going to have a true interpretation of what we should expect at this point. And granted, I got, just like everybody else, I want Indiana to win a Big Ten title, get back in the hunt for a Big Ten title first, and then be a champion again. But right now, I can't call it. They haven't finished any higher than ninth in the Big Ten in the last six years. So, think about it. I mean, that's a pretty big jump from ninth to number one. Yeah, I mean, really, in a lot of ways, I mean, Nebraska and the football program but probably in the past have asked some of the same questions about where it is and where it was in the same light as, you know, what's been going down with the, the history of the value basketball program. I guess there's yeah. some similarities to be talked yeah. about, Don, right there, right? Yeah, well, there's no question. In fact, Wade Sharp, their play-by-play guy, called me up earlier this week, and he wanted me to do an interview with him, and I did so. And he brought up that very thing. He said, look, it's kind of like Nebraska football, Indiana basketball, the struggles that they've had over the last several years now of not being able to win very much and are not able to win like they were used to winning, if you know what I mean. So there's no question. These two programs, different different sports, but the the program's expectations in Nebraska are just as high for football here as they are in Indiana for men's basketball. All right. So you you don't have them going to the Final Four, right? Not not yet? Not yet. Not yet, big boy. (laughs) I I don't make predictions. I really don't. I try not to. And every time that I'm the most optimistic is when we become the expect when we lay an egg of some kind, if you know what I mean. Buck yeah. and I used to talk oh, about this all the time. Don't say anything good because then you're going to make me look like you got egg in your face every time you say something good. Yeah, I know. I have that happen every day, like every day. <laughs> and then I come back and I go, damn it. Why did I say that? How stupid was that? So, hey, by the way, who's buying dinner tonight? Will somebody buy it or will you guys all pay for your own? Well, generally, we go out, we, you know, like Buck once a year would buy, I'd buy once a year, you know, everybody would, and Jake would buy once in a while, too. Jake is the richest of all of us, incidentally, my engineer. There's no doubt. He's got his, right, own, no he's got his own studio, the guy makes money hand over fist, he's got national yep. programs in his study. He, the guy is rich, and yes, it's rare. It's rare that he pulls out the, the billfold. It's just is, hey, is, is Jake Robinson a dude that will he get up and go to the bathroom when he knows the check is coming? Is that what he does? <laughs> no, I've never seen him do that yet. No. <laughs> hey, I guarantee you, freaking Jeff Cag gets up and goes to the bathroom. He knows that he, there's no way. No, I mean, he probably me, stays he in there do. forever. Do you have to come and pry him out of the stall? 
<laughs> he wouldn't. He, he would never do that. But I guarantee you'd never buy either. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. All right. Hey, have yourself a fantastic night and dinner in Lincoln. And uh, we'll hear from you coming up, what, 630 WIBC here locally coming up yep, tomorrow we'll evening and then 730 kick, right? That's exactly right, John. You got it down. All right. Now, do they have planes in Nebraska? Can Rhett Lewis get out of there and go someplace else, or will he have to take the covered wagon? How does he get out? I think he'll be able to get out of Lincoln going west fine. It's, the problem is getting to Lincoln from the east. Uh. <laughs> and that's the good thing about a charter, because I did fly yes. to Nebraska last year commercially, and I went to Minneapolis to Denver to Lincoln. <laughs> you went Minneapolis, Denver to Lincoln? Oh, yeah. my God. I would yeah, almost exactly. rather take a covered wagon out of there than that. That's terrible. It, yeah. It was a bit of a problem, <laughs> to say the least. Hey, buddy, I appreciate it more than you know. Have a great call. We'll be listening tomorrow night, and we'll check in again next week, Don. Thank you. You bet, John. See you. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Podline. The Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, brought to you by CarX.com, the Joe Childers, 14 Central Indiana locations. Also, the sponsors of the high school football game of the week with Brendan King and Kevin Bowen tonight at Zionsville. Brownsburg in Zionsville is that high school football game of the week. And now to talk about that and then some Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk is with us. Hey, Bob, thanks for the time. How are you, buddy? I'm great, John. Thanks for having me. Is the pairing show this weekend? Next it weekend. It's actually next Sunday, the 9th. That's incredible. I can't believe yeah, that is already here. So this is week seven. Uh, so the pairing uh, yeah. show comes after week eight, right? That's, that, that's right. Paul Condry and I uh, live from the IHSAA headquarters on the IHSAA Champions Network. And uh, Paul's doing all the work. I'm going to get all the credit. So uh, that's how it works. So we have seen a great deal of parity, Bob. Would you not yeah. say in this football season so far? Correct? No question, John. That's that's been the uh, the word from literally day one. And uh, you know we're fortunate here in Central Indiana to have a whole lot of really really good football teams. And so well, with that parity, with that parity you know, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean it's it's it, and it's not just uh, you know one particular class. Uh, and we've said this before. You know, I think you look at, at 1A, Luther, I mean, excuse Lutheran's really, really solid in, in 1A. And uh, I'm not exactly sure who can line up uh, and play them in, in 1A. 2A, you know, uh, Andrean's good up north. Uh, Modern Day's having another one of their type of years. But a big battle in 2A tonight, John Cecina and Triton Central. That's number five and number six. Those teams are really good. Heritage Christian and LaPel, uh, 11 and 13 in, in the polls. So, you know, it shows you the balance. Um, you know, 3A is one of those things. West Lafayette has played awfully, awfully well. I'd, I'd probably give them the favorite right now. New Pal similarly has been steamrolling people in 4A, but there are some really good teams. 5A, 6A, I think it's a toss-up. Toss it up and see who can play. Brownsburg's number one for a reason. We're going to see it tonight on our game of the week. They're explosive as can be offensively. Talking about playmakers on both sides of the ball. Up north, the big battle, best game of the night. Uh, number one in 5A, Mishawaka, hosting number five, Northwood. You'll have an idea what's going on about that. And then locally, number four, Whiteland, hosting number seven, uh, Mooresville in 4A. 
some really, really good teams. Franklin and, and Plainfield, that game at Franklin. So, John, um, yeah, parity is exactly what this is about, and that's why Friday nights are so much fun. To Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by CarX, your 14th Central Indiana Joe Children's Run. CarX locations for the one nearest you. It's CarX.com on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I wanted to ask you this, though. With that parody that we're talking about, and given coming up a week from Sunday, that is the pairing show. Uh-huh. How, how, much, how much more important would the draw be now in a season like this that across the board has so much parody compared to other seasons when maybe there's not this particular level. Does it make that draw even more important coming up a week from Sunday? Well, it probably does. Uh, I think if you look at in 6A, they, they only have – they don't have all the rounds. They get the first week off, so right. you, know, you, only, you only have to win a couple of games. But I, I do think, you know, from uh, 5A down, it's, uh, it's very important. Uh, and, again, you know, you don't have the home court advantage so much in football that you do in basketball, but – Still, being at home, home crowd, all the excitement, all the pageantry going on. Um, the big thing, uh, Paul Condry, my broadcast partner on the, on the uh, pairing show, John, has always said that winning a football sectional in Indiana is the hardest championship to win because of, of so many factors over which you have no control as a coach. For example, grading periods end at about that time. So you may have some ineligibilities. Number two, the, the, the draw depends on, it determines on who you're playing and where. Uh, you can't control where and when you're going to play. Uh, you start to put all those factors in there and then factor in the weather, which we know we have no idea what it's going to be. So you go through all of those particular things. It's, it's hard. So if you can get a decent draw, you can help um, negate some of those factors over which you have absolutely no control. So Bob Lovell joins us. I got a little bit of alumni concern today because <laughs> my, my Thunderbirds, my Thunderbirds are welcoming in tonight Owen Valley. Owen Valley six and zero on the season, oh, no. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. All Rob Gibson's team was, <laughs> and they, they were they were legit a year ago, but oh, it seems like they just kind of taken that baton they're and ran really with it good. even more this year. No, they're really good. No, seriously. They're very, very good. And it's a, it's a neat story, uh, you know, because, you know, you're in a situation where, as you mentioned, they were pretty good a year ago. They've yeah. actually gotten better, I think, quite frankly. They are a, they're a legitimate team. They're going to go far in the tournament. Uh, whether they can get to Lucas Oil, I don't know. But I tell you what, they, have, they are really, really good. And for your guys, that's the wrong team at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, all of the above. I think you're absolutely right about that. All, all of the above, unfortunately, from my birds. Um, how about this? I, listen, it, it didn't take much because it's not like they, they fell off very far. But you impressed with a, a rebirth of sorts, certainly getting back to what had become the norm in New Pal, starting out 6-0 and and having the type of team that we have seen. They get Shelbyville later on tonight. Not at all surprised because Kyle Ralph is a tremendous football coach. Uh, the culture that he's developed is, is one of winning. Uh, and, um, you know, you just think back, you go back to the Charlie Spiegel days when they were steamrolling people. Uh, they, they are maybe not as uh, explosive with this group, but defensively they're hard to play, and uh, they, they don't beat themselves, and they're really solid on both sides of the ball. Uh, they are um, 
Again, I, 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 if you look at a favorite in, in 4A, I think you have to start there for the obvious reasons. All right, Bob Lovell joins us. Chittard Cathedral, I believe Ron Colley are all playing teams out of the state of Indiana. Right. The Cathedral, right. I believe this is their senior night, too, and a shout-out to uh, Patrick Kendall, who was a senior along that defensive line, had a fantastic career there. They get Cincinnati LaSalle. Chittard, meantime, gets Christian Brothers. Yeah, I don't think that's like Church Brothers, right, that plays that does your car up. Um, <laughs> no, fixes your not, – not, yeah, not in terms of fixes the engine, but fixes the body work on your right. car. And then I believe Ron Colley's got Louisville Mail coming up later on they tonight. Do. So we yeah. always kind of ask this question this time of year. For those three schools, you think it's good in, for example, week number seven to kind of play outside not just your general area but also out of the state? I think there are advantages to it in regard to, you know, you you get, again, an indication of where you are as you're getting ready to tune it up for the tournament. And so if you haven't already uh, been been exposed and figured out some of your weaknesses and things you need to to, uh, tighten up, uh, this will give you a a perfect – uh, wake-up call, if you will, in terms of how you need to prepare yourselves mentally and physically for the last two weeks of regular season and for the first week of the tournament. So I think you know, I think there's a lot of positives to it. The good thing for all of them is they're not on the road. So you know, Christian Brothers is coming over from Missouri. So um, you know, but you, you you find out number one, it's good to play somebody uh, new, different. Uh, you don't know a lot about them. You don't have a lot of tradition. So you're gonna now you, you're exposed on what you can do fundamentally. Do you or do you not have a solid base in terms of what you've done in practice in these games to be able to play a team you don't know a, a terrible amount of, of, about? So, yeah, I think there are a lot of good things about it. There are some negatives. Um, you always worry about playing teams you don't know and need to come out injury-free, and you need to come out mentally in, in a good space. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk tonight at 9.30. Every single Friday brought to you by CarX and our 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. CarX.com for that location nearest you. And also CarX is the proud sponsor of the high school football game of the week, Brownsburg and Zionsville, which should be a dandy coming up in Zionsville later on tonight. Bob's going to have a lowdown on that and everything else coming up later on tonight on Indiana Sports Talk. Bob, I always appreciate it. We're getting down to a really special time this week and next week and we'll have you here to tell you tell us all about it once again i appreciate you thanks john i always enjoy being with you thanks for the opportunity